Alright, good to be here. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Uh, we're going to have our business meeting afterward as it's the second Sunday. Uh, just a reminder, just a reminder. And uh, I know everybody's always looking forward to the business meeting. It's everybody's favorite service. Uh, Acts chapter 9, but uh, as always, it's good to be here. Yes, it is. want to speak on from verse 8 and uh, down through 11. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. I want to speak at verses 8 through 11 on two more great works of righteousness. Two more great works of righteousness. And <clears throat> we, uh, we've been here in Acts 9 for a bit. But I want to read verse 1. It says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men stood, excuse me, verse 7, And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord say, said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I'll pause there. Uh, I read through verse 16. I apologize. But verse 8 uh, 9, 10, and 11 is our text. And I want to read, subject again is two more great works of righteousness. 
Uh, we find here that in verse 6, which we studied last, the Lord told uh, Paul, he gave him three great commands. Arise and go into the city. And the third was, it shall be told thee what thou must do. And so far, he'd obeyed two of these and he was waiting on the third one, wasn't he? He was waiting to be told what he must do. And we've said before, the Lord could have told him directly what to do, but God employs human means, doesn't he? God employs human means to tell what to do. And he's doing it right now. But we find here that this newborn babe in Christ, he was hungering and thirsting after righteousness in obedience unto the Lord, wasn't he? And so we find that Saul, here he was. He had arisen from the earth in obedience. And we find that he was led into the city, into Damascus in obedience. And now we find two great works of righteousness. So he was commanded to do three. He'd done two works. Now he does two other works of righteousness. And I'd like to note the first one here in verse 9. It says, And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. So God had, we know it tells us later, there were scales over his eyes. He couldn't see, could he? And it was three days, and the Bible tells us he didn't eat nor drink during this time. So here he was, what did he do? He fasted. He fasted for these three days and three nights. Now, the purpose of fasting is to confess our faults and sins to the Lord and also to seek the will of the Lord and to understand what the will of the Lord is. That's the purpose of it. Now I know that there's medical fastings that we have to do in order to get you know, certain things right, blood work and whatnot. This wasn't one of those. This was a spiritual fast. I'd like you to turn over to the book of Daniel, chapter 9. The book of Daniel, chapter 9. I want to read here a, a few passages of Scripture in Daniel chapter 9. You know, Saul had, had just spoken. He had just spoken, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He had totally surrendered unto the Lord. Total surrender. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do except for these things? That's usually what we say. But this was a total surrender. And now he, we find him, and here he is, he's fasting. He's a newborn babe in Christ. And those whom God saves, this would be a good thing to do when God first saves you. And those of you who are already saved, this would be a good thing to do years on down the road when God saved you. 
It wouldn't hurt you and I whom God has saved if we did a little fasting here and there. I'm not advocating you go from zero days in the last 40, 50 years of your life to three days. That's not what I'm advocating. Maybe you build up. Maybe you do a few hours here or there. God will respect a few hours. God will honor the few hours of fasting that you do, seeking Him, confessing of your sins, and seeking His will. But here we find Saul of Tarsus, because remember, Saul was a Pharisee. It wasn't the first time he'd ever fasted. Oh, he'd fasted a lot before this. He's used to it. So this wasn't the first time he had ever sat down and fasted. But it was the first time he'd fasted and sought the Lord. Right. See, before, all it had been was for show. Remember the Pharisees there in Luke chapter 18? Oh, I fast you know, twice in a week or whatever it was. And I give tithes of all that I have. That's what Saul had done before. But this was the first time he ever really fasted and sought the Lord. And so here he is, he's fasting, look in Daniel 9 verse 1. It says in verse 1, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Notice that. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. What was he doing? He was setting his face unto the Lord and he was seeking the Lord, wasn't he? And how did he do it? Prayer and supplications, fasting and sackcloth and ashes. What are sackcloth and ashes used for? Repentance. Confession of sins. That's what those were for. Look down a little further. He says, verse 4, And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and, and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments. Verse 5, We have sinned and have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts, and from thy judgments. We've sinned. Here Daniel's confessing national sins. Here in Acts 9, Saul of Tarsus, He's confessing personal sin. 
Lord, I've sinned. He's seeking the face of God. He's naming them out. And you know what he's not doing? He's not going to everybody he ever trespassed against and telling them how he sinned against them. Because the Bible says, against thee and thee only have I sinned. It's not a public broadcast. You know why? Because sin is between us and the Lord, isn't it? You don't have to make an open show of your sin. It's between us and the Lord. Here he is. And he's fasting. Look in Daniel again, Daniel chapter 9. I want to skip down if you would to verse 20. Daniel 9 and verse 20. Again, we said he's seeking the Lord. Remember, God said... When you go into the city, it's arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now again, this was serious. Okay, this this wasn't this isn't stuff and, and you know we don't we don't take things seriously like we should. I mean, we today, you know, if you if it was today, we'd probably go into the city, and I know you couldn't see, but you'd sit down on a bench there and probably pull out your cell phone and sit there and watch Netflix on it for the next three days, waiting for Ananias to show up. I mean, to be honest with you, isn't that true? Isn't that how a lot of folks, so-called Christians, would do today? Pull up Prime, pull up, you know, whatever, whatever Hulu, whatever they got. But here he is. He he is fasting, afflicting himself physically, and seeking the Lord spiritually. And in Daniel 9 and verse 20, he said, And whiles I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. He said, I'm now going to give you skill and understanding. I'm going to tell you what the vision means. He 
says, verse 22, and he informed me and talked with me. Skill and understanding. Verse 23, at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee. For thou art greatly beloved, therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. So you know what Paul's doing in Acts chapter 9? He's seeking the will of the Lord and seeking to have understanding of it. And that's what needs to be done today. When God saves a person, they need to seek His will and seek understanding. And that's what we need to do throughout our earthly pilgrimage, throughout our walk with God. We need to seek His will and seek His understanding. Well, that was just one, one thing He did. I believe God was pleased with it. And I tell you, I believe he was pleased with it because it tells us in verse 12, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in. God revealed something to him, didn't he? And I'll tell you this, if you are fasting and you have any visions, you should stop and get something to eat. You're getting delirious because God's not speaking to you in a vision. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 13. Those are demonic things today. That's demonic. Remember that Angels of darkness, those demons, those that left their first estate, we, it's no marvel that or, or they can turn, translate themselves into angels of light, to ministers of light. Well, Satan can turn himself into something as well, can't he? So you think it's not something that Satan could imitate a vision? Listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Charity never faileth, love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And this is in reference unto the revelation of Scripture. When the Scriptures, when they were in part, tongues and prophecies and revelations, those were going to continue. But when the Scriptures were completed, which they're completed, they've been completed for a long time now, when they were completed, all those gifts ceased. The Spirit of God doesn't give them out anymore. 
There's no new revelations. Amen. There's no new prophecies. There's no new scriptures. The only prophecy we have is the telling forth of the word of God. That's it. There's no visions. So if you say, well, I had a vision and it came true. Well, Satan gave you a glimpse of something, but it didn't come from God. Don't be fooled. People today, I mean, there are stories that, I mean, they, they're good enough for Reader's Digest, it seems like. And folks want to take that over what God's Word says. Turn over to 2 Corinthians 11. I'll read to you what I was referring to. Paul here is writing under the church of Corinth about false apostles, false ministers. And notice what he says here in verse 13. He says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Now, I want you to you read that again. Now, Nobody thinks, I mean, none of us think that like the likes of Joel Olstein and Benny Hinn and, 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 uh, uh, I can't think of the, Kenneth Copeland and those guys, we don't think they're ministers of righteousness. I mean, we're not fooled by them. But there's some other guys. I mean, there might be some in Baptist pulpits. Amen. There might be some. But Paul here, he was, he was one who, he was fasting and he was seeking the will and understanding what God, and when God would reveal it to him, that he would have an understanding and a skill, knowledge of it. And God revealed a great deal of things to him, didn't he? I mean, God, God, look at the letters and the things that Paul wrote. And the Bible tells, even tells us that he took him up into the third heaven. 
And Paul said he saw things that he didn't even write about. Couldn't write about. It was unlawful for him to write about. But Paul wrote scriptures. He wrote all the epistles that he wrote. And God revealed things to him. Look how he prepared himself for them. Well, let me tell you something. We come into the house of God, and I'm not telling you to fast every week in preparation, but we come to the house of God, how prepared are we to receive the word of God given to us the revealed will of God unto us that we might go forth and accomplish His will. Amen. Secondly, I'd like you to notice the second thing, the second work of righteousness that He did, it says in verse 11, the very last phrase, for behold, He prayeth. Many, no doubt, would like to know the prayers of Paul so they may turn them into vain repetitions. I believe God in his wisdom left them out of the Holy Scriptures. I think it's enough for us to know that he prayed. Behold, he prayeth. These are two great works that any child of God may do. They can fast and they can pray. Look at Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. It's wonderful to see here. I, I want to begin at verse 9. It's, it's wonderful to see here the, how that Saul of Tarsus was on one side of this and now he's on the other. Luke 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee, this is who Saul of Tarsus was. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. That's what he used to be. I alluded to this earlier. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's who Paul now was. Now he was as the publican. If you're here and you're lost, if you know that you're lost, I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever asked God to save you? Amen. Have you ever cried out to him, God, will you save me? Or are you still like the Pharisee who never asked God to save him? Look over in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. 
We were in Daniel. If you just go back a couple books, you'll find Lamentations. It's right after Jeremiah. Lamentations chapter 3. And this will be our last scripture reading. Lamentations 3. Here he was, three days and three nights, not eating, not drinking, fasting, praying. I'm not saying he didn't fall asleep. He obviously didn't watch TV, didn't get on the internet, didn't listen to the radio. He wasn't reading anything, was he? Because he couldn't see. Well, in Lamentations 3 and verse 25, it says this, The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him to the soul that seeketh Him. That's what he was doing. He was waiting on the Lord and seeking Him. And God was going to be good to him, wasn't he? Notice the next verse. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Isn't that what he was doing? If you're here and you're without Christ, are you seeking Him? Are you doing what verse 25 says? Are you waiting and seeking Him? Are you seeking Him in the fashion that the Bible says you're to wait and seek after Him? So many will say, well, I, I asked the Lord to save me. Yeah, but did you seek and wait the way God says to? See, you can only approach God through the person of Jesus Christ and you have to approach God the way God says to approach Him and that's through Christ and you have to come to Christ the way God says to and that's through seeking and waiting. Are you waiting on Him? Because salvation is going to be in His day and in His time. And I promise you that if you come unto Him believing with a true heart of repentance and in faith he will not turn you away. 
he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Isn't that what he said? So here's Paul fasting and praying. He's waiting and he's seeking the Lord. I know people who've waited and sought after, you know, like, like kids. I want this for my birthday. I want this for my birthday. This is what I want. I mean, you know, or, or, or how they do for Christmas. I know we don't celebrate it, but I've seen kids. Boy, you've got to be, like the Bible says, like a deer panteth after the water, a heart panteth after the water. Are you panting after Christ like that? Are you wanting Him that bad? Are you craving Him? Man, if I don't have Christ, I'm going to die and go to hell. If I don't have Him. Because that's the reality of it. Are you, Lord, save me? Oh, it's gone. I don't have that feeling anymore because I've gotten away from the Word. See, I'm not looking in the mirror anymore, so I, I forgot what I looked like. I'm not under the preaching anymore. Whew. I forgot what I looked like. And I know that's what it's like because that's exactly what it was like for me. But the Spirit of God, He didn't go away. And that Spirit keeps there. And He stays there. And He keeps the Word. And He keeps after you in your heart. Sinner, you need to come to Christ. You need to come to Christ. You're condemned. You're already condemned. You're outside of Christ and you have no hope except you repent and believe the Gospel. And you need to come while it is called today. Because today is the day of salvation. And I'm not trying to say this, but what you see, what's happening in the world, what you see today, what you see, I'm telling you what's going on behind closed doors would scare you half to death. Amen how close we are to the coming of the Lord. Amen. And that door, just like the door on Noah's Ark, see, 
God shut the door. And when God shut the door, nobody could get in. And I'm telling you, that door, it's open right now. But it's not going to be open very long. Because he's coming again. And so you need to call on the Lord while, while it is today. While we stand as the song leader comes.